Nikki Collins, barnstorming, battle-tested, brilliant Baylor Bears. Just welcome TCU to the big time. Better luck next year, Frogs. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Baylor brought to you by Game Time. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I am your host, Cam Stewart, coming to you after the Bears, formerly known as the Lady Bears. I got to stop myself from saying that. Knock off TCU 71 to 50 for the 36th straight win in this rivalry. The Frogs have not beaten Baylor in Waco since 1990. The Farrell Center was still an infant. We went to the new building. Doesn't matter. TCU comes in undefeated. Does not matter. TCU leads at halftime and by seven early in the second half. And it does not matter. The number six team in the nation and still undefeated Bears. Uh, just prove again. Put anyone in front of them. They're going to beat them. And at most times, they're going to beat them up. A 21-point Victory for the Bears last night as they open up their style, the Foster Pavilion, in grand fashion uh, with the 21-point victory. This this was, I mean, cliche, but kind of a tale of two halves. Uh, it was a weird first half with both teams that average over 80 points. Now, let's get this out of the way first. Baylor has already won three ranked games before this. They've won two top five games in which they didn't trail at any point in the game. TCU undefeated. Uh, I think they that it was, I think, three wins shy of the longest winning streak in their history. I mean, this is this is uncharted territory to start a season for TCU at 14 and 0. Uh, they only have, they, they haven't faced a ranked team. One quad one win on the season. That, that continues. Five starters who are all in their first year from the transfer portal, including former Baylor guard Jaden Owens. We're going to talk about a little bit more about her in a minute and the night she had. But this was a team that was coming in with a lot of confidence and one that showed that confidence in the first half. Now, they, they play a tight zone defense. They've got Sedona Prince in the middle, who you heard all about on the broadcast. She is a player. And what's interesting about it was, Baylor was very timid to go after her in the first half. Um, they they avoided that that inside points in the paint. They they were getting away from that in the first half, and it it led to some problems. They were kind of throwing the ball around. They had a couple turnovers where uh, the the guard usually, but the person passing the ball um, was thinking that someone was going to cut away from Sedona Prince, and instead they were trying to post her up. So it was really disjointed in the first half for Baylor. And I think one of the things that shows their timidness to go inside was they didn't shoot a single free throw in the first half. So they didn't even, <clears throat> they didn't even challenge Sedona Prince. And that leads to a TCU. I think it's a four point lead at halftime, which was the largest lead that anyone had in the first half. It was 26, 22 for two teams that average over 80 points a game. And then TCU comes out flying in the first couple minutes of the third quarter. They're up 32-25. That's an important number to keep in mind. 32-25 at one point early in the third quarter because the score 
at the end of the third quarter. Well, I just have the run. 20 to 4 run. So 45 36 to end the third quarter. 20 to 4. One that they extended into the fourth to go 34 to 6. They just turned it on big time in the second half. This team, like, they they smelled blood in the water once they started hitting some shots, Baylor, and they stepped on the frog's throat in this one. They didn't give them an inch to get back in this game. And it was awesome to watch. So if you're keeping score at home, that was 22 points in the entire first half, 23 points in the third quarter. They were fantastic in the second half. And it shows you some of the brilliance of Nikki Collin and the halftime adjustments that she can make and the in-game adjustments that she can make. We're going to talk more about her and those adjustments in the second segment here. But just looking through the box score, uh, the things that stand out to me, TCU comes in as a a pretty good three-point shooting team, but again, one that hasn't faced stiff competition. And I think Baylor does have good perimeter defense out there. They end up shooting two of 16 from three tonight, TCU. 13%. Baylor, on the other hand, gets kind of a hot shooting night. 13 to 25, so 52% from the floor. So you think, oh boy, there's a lot of luck involved there, huh? Well, maybe not so much because I'll look at something like free throws. Baylor shot 100% and TCU shot 44%. TCU also went over their, set their season high for turnovers in the game in 19. Baylor wins that battle by six. And the big thing that we'll talk about in the adjustments later, but the points off the turnovers, 21 to 10, Baylor in that one. And yet they still, they out-rebound TCU, who not only had Sedona Prince, but had her backup with six foot seven, two six foot seven centers, and Baylor out-rebounded them tonight. You know who has a big part of that? My girl, Dariana Little Page Bugs, man. Eight rebounds on the night. And you look at her stats. Oh, four points, two of nine from the floor. Boy, she must have been killing them. No, she did not. Eight rebounds, and that doesn't even tell all the story. If you were there or you were watching on TV, she was a beast, man. I I mean, Sedona Prince eats a lot of teams alive. And she still had 10 rebounds on the night. But Little Paige Bugs was just bodying her. All night playing one of the most physical games I've ever seen her play. And and that's saying something because I'm always ranting about the, the, the physicality in which she plays, the way she plays bigger than herself. Every great team has that, right? That that gritty player who, who is playing above their height. I, I The first one I think of is the men's team with Mark Vidal uh, for all those years, but especially 2021. And the the great teams who can go deep in the tournament will also have that player who was also skilled. And Mark Vidal was that. And Dariana Little Page Bugs is that as well. So look, I'm not saying they're gonna, you know, win the national championship or anything, but that is that is a, a part of this team that they have not had since Nikki Collin has been here. Because last year, Dariana Little Page Bugs was was the inside presence basically all year for Baylor because the injuries that they had and and the stability issues that they had. And this year she gets to be, you know, kind of that gravy 
on on this uh, beautiful Thanksgiving dinner of which this Baylor women's basketball team is, if you're following me on that one. Uh, but just the stats here, the bench points was huge in favor of Baylor. I know I talk a lot about that after the men's games. Uh, second chance points and bench points. Second chance was 11 to 6. Baylor bench was 21 to 5. TCU still is plus 14 in the paint, but Baylor played it to their strengths, especially in the second half. And that leads to a 21-point victory. Just 10 points in the third quarter for TCU, which wasn't even their low in a quarter on the night. They only scored eight in the first quarter. 10 point, 23 to 10 in the third quarter. And they kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit, especially in the back half of that fourth quarter. And so they're plus 13 in the third. They're still plus 12 in the fourth. So again, this team smelled blood and they absolutely stepped on TCU's throat. And that's 36 in a row against the Frogs, who they will not play again this year, by the way, with this new 14-team conference. They do not play TCU a second time, which I think is kind of stupid. They should be playing TCU twice in every sport. Anyway, um, this is a, another terrific win for Nikki Collins Bears. We'll see how this TCU team does. I, they might fade into obscurity here. As, as the schedule turns to the conference um, because this is a pretty good conference. It's it's top heavy for sure, but overall it's still a pretty darn good conference. I'm interested to see how this TCU team plays out because I think their personnel is still good. You know, I do like Prince. I I like Jade Nowens as a point guard, not as much as Sarah Andrews, um, but you know, Jade Nowens is a good player. We saw her for three years here at Baylor prove that she's a good player. Um, so we'll see. Uh, how that that stacks up, but but in year one for that coach, he's certainly got things turned around quickly. Uh, but in year three, Nikki Collin has a real Big Twelve and Final Four kind of contender on on our hands here at Baylor again, which is which is a lot of fun. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you are looking for tickets at the new Foster Pavilion, the way to do it is through game time. Trust me, because I, I know you guys have been looking at this before, whether it be Baylor tickets or your pro sports town tickets. And it, it's it's a game now, right? And it, it's it's all these hidden fees and and it's not a lot of information. <clears throat> that's not the that's not the case with game time. Okay. They're they're taking the guesswork out of that. They don't have all those hidden fees that basically double the prices at some of these other places. And you can actually go in on the website beforehand and you can find where your seats are going to be. You're going to see your view from the seats. You are not having any kind of blindfold going in to buying these tickets. And, and that's that's what I love. And they are obsessed, obsessed with finding you ways to save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. So it is the place to find the last minute tickets. You have exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater. It's not just sports either. All kinds of ways you can do this. So again, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Okay, I'm going to do that again. That is downloading the app, create an account, use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Check out Game Time today. It is the best way to buy tickets. I love this Lady Bears team. I do. And part of that is because I really love this coach. There, I know there are still non-believers out there about Nikki Collin 
and it kind of blows my mind. And I know it's going to be for a lot of people, it will take her winning four national championships instead of Kim Mulkey's three to to buy in. You people are going to be left behind. I mean, this is... This woman can coach, man. She can coach, and she is finally getting kind of the the circumstances to really win, and she is doing it big time. And this was a great example tonight. You know, she comes out with a big night, right? I mean, first game at the at the new pavilion for for the ladies. It's only really the second time they've seen it, and they've got a team coming in against them in TCU that is playing with all kinds of confidence. You know, they've got their Baylor's got one of their former teammates on the other side, Jade Owens, and Nikki Collin comes in and makes all the adjustments necessary in the second half because this was not in the first half it was not the team we were used to seeing. Again, only 22 points and then they go on that huge run which extends at one point to 34 to 6 in the second half. So I I put out there on Twitter, she was cooking in the halftime speech. She must have been. And Bella Fauntleroy was interviewed after the game by by John Morris. And she kind of said what what Nikki said to them at halftime. And it was basically that we just weren't playing our game. You know, we were kind of timid that we let TCU slow us down with that zone defense. And we were kind of a little timid going to the middle there. And Nikki said, let's run on them a little bit. And that worked. That worked big time. Obviously, with the big run they go on in the second half, they start forcing more turnovers. Uh, we already mentioned uh, the fast break points. It's it's 13-2 to two for Baylor in that category. And uh, the points off turnovers was pretty good, too, at 21-10. to 10. So it, it was really just like, it's like in the movie Glory Road about the 1966 Texas Western team. If you've seen that movie where Bobby Joe Hill goes to Don Haskins and says, you got to let us play our game. If we do that, we're going to win. Now, not that Nikki Collin was not letting them play their game. That's what she was saying to her team was like, go play your game. You're better than TCU. They they can't beat you unless you are playing their game. And Baylor turns it on to their game, and the rest is history. By the way, I'll talk more about Nikki Collin, but I, I should have mentioned Bella Fauntleroy in the first segment because she had a career night, 21 points, Eight of nine from the floor, five of six from three. Bang! She was the one who got the, she was the catalyst of this second half. She got hot and the team got hot. She leads all scores with 21 on the day. She just has a fantastic game. And she also mentioned after the game, and, and it's kind of a you know corny, cliche thing, but when you see it in practice, like actually out there on the floor, you believe in it. And what she said was one of the team mottos is, um, what does she say? Some some nights it's you, some nights it's me, all nights it's we. And th- that made a lot of sense when you look at, you know, we're not looking at Bella Fauntleroy every night to, to lead the team in scoring. <clears throat> but she comes out there and she gets heated up in the second half and her teammates keep finding her. And that's how they extend the lead especially on a night, by the way, where Dre Edwards only has two points and she's 0 of, 4, 0 of 5 from the field. She does pour in 10 rebounds, so that's that's pretty big. But it's just not her night. This happens. She has a clunker of a night, and you need someone to pick her up a little bit. Bella Fauntleroy does with those 21. And Yaya Felder, man, 13 off the bench, 4 of 6 from the floor, 
And how about just the energy she brought? She's drawing offensive fouls. Uh, she's getting steals. She's obviously scoring on the other end. Asia Blackwell doesn't have the best shooting night, but she gave them uh, baskets at key times. Uh, this was an all-around effort from the Lady Bears tonight. And that, once again, does reflect, and, and not to take anything away from the players, it, it's them who are out there, they're doing it, but it reflects on the coach as well, that she is able to build a roster that is this deep. Because again, that's that's just not a luxury she has had in her first two years at Baylor through different circumstances versus year one, you know, coming in as a first year coach and replacing a Hall of Famer and, and the roster turnover there versus last year with the injuries. Now she has that. And this team is very dangerous once again, and obviously still undefeated. Y'all, get on the Nikki Collin bandwagon now or get the hell out of the way. Because she has she has taken us back to where this program needs to be. Now, obviously, the pinnacle of this program and sometimes the standard for some people is the national championship. And we're a long way from that. But I mean, four top 25 wins. They're undefeated. They're going to be a top five team next week. Um, and they are the front runners once again to win the Big 12. That that is the standard here in Baylor women's basketball, we know that could be the standard of winning the Big 12 or at least competing for it year in and year out. And she absolutely has this squad going in that direction. What I like about her too is, you know, I know she probably hates hearing about her predecessor and some of you are probably sick of hearing about it too, but I think she's got just, a, just the right amount of Kim in her. I really do. I think she's got just the right amount of Kim Mulkey in her. Not only as a great coach, I think, but, you know, she's getting the crowd fired up, which a lot of coaches do, but she's doing it after a blown call. And and we caught this on the TV camera. I wasn't at the game uh, last night. I'm, I'm still a little sick, so I decided to stay back for this one. And there was a bad call against them, and the camera goes to Nikki Collin, and she is firing up the crowd you know, waving them up, telling them to get loud. And then she turns back around to the ref and goes, that's awful. That's crazy. No, that's awful. It was awesome. It was just an awesome moment. She's like, priorities here. I'm going to get the crowd to boo, to boo this and, and show their, their displeasure. And then I am going to tell them that that was a bad call. You know, nothing vulgar, but that was a bad call. And that's what I love, man. I love that that energy that she brings to the court. Uh, you know, she's she's never going to be the outspoken, brash Kim Mulkey. And that is okay. That is good. Okay? She's going to bring the right amount of energy. And, and she can play around a little bit. You know, I remember back, speaking of Baylor TCU, but back in November when they announced the Blue Bonnet battle in football, she comes out that same day or the next day in her weekly presser. And first thing she says is blue bonnet battle, huh? That doesn't seem very tough. I love this coach. I love this coach. And, and she loves Baylor and she, she is building a winner again here. And I know that's weird to say as an undefeated team already two games in a conference, but I'm talking about, she's building a real winner here again at Baylor to the point where we'll say Baylor didn't go nowhere, but they're back. And I am just so, so happy that she is leading this program. And I know there's still some naysayers out there, but y'all are, y'all are going to be on the wrong side of history for this one. And you're going to find that out pretty soon.
And today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. <clears throat> Look, we're wrapping up the NFL regular season. We're going into the playoffs. Obviously, we've got college basketball, NBA. Uh, we've got still one more college football game left. This is a great time to be getting to FanDuel and getting locked into sports. So right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways you can bet. I mean, it's 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 live same game parlays. There's there's you could find the bets in the explore tab that they have now. You can make a parlay in their parlay hub. So you don't have to think about it too much. You can see what other people are playing. Makes it very easy for neophytes, for dummies like me. I win money off it because it's so easy and it's the best time to do it with that special offer of 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. What you got to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on and make that first bet a Sarah Andrews fast break layup. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Find that today. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. Talking about the Foster Pavilion a little bit more because I just love it so much. I want to talk about it because I got a full night of the camera angle tonight and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And I think most of you, especially those of you who only watch basketball for Baylor, uh, a couple games in, you'll be totally okay with it. Uh, we did get to see a little bit more of the student section tonight, which I liked. That was the only gripe I had. Now, <clears throat> one thing I am seeing, and it's from other fan bases, but I'm sure there's an underbelly of Baylor fans who still think this is the amount of people specifically on Twitter, to be honest, um, still bashing the, the size of the arena. Does size matter? Pause for dramatic effect. I, I just, I can't believe that people are still in the comments and some of them are Baylor fans, by the way, uh, but a lot of opposing fans saying, you know, Oh, what high school plays here? Or, oh, this looks like an Indiana middle school. Okay, you know, I know you're being hyperbolic, but there are 7,500 seats in here. And I just think, you know, I know this is not Cameron Indoor Stadium, but nobody's saying that about Cameron Indoor Stadium. Nobody's saying that about Villanova. Nobody's saying, you know, name your school. Name your small school that plays good basketball and has a good intimate arena. You're not saying that about those places. So why Baylor? Why... Why does Baylor get that treatment? They don't even say that about TCU. Now, they don't play as high a level as we do at, of basketball as we do at Baylor, of course, but nobody's saying that about them. So I, I just, I don't get it. And, and even when they announced it was only going to be 7,500, size at some point does matter. I mean, you don't want 5,000. You don't want fifteen or 16,000. But the difference of basically 1500 seats, 2,500 seats. It's, I mean, we're talking small potatoes here. And again, the, the big argument is you couldn't sell out the Farrell center. Anyway, you just couldn't even on your best day. It was tough to do. And do we want to be like Gallagher, Iba arena, great arena, historic, but I'm looking at a bunch of people dressed as empty seats up in the rafters. So what what would be the point of us building this new arena and having it be 10 or 11,000 only to look at empty seats up at the top? This arena, part of the reason this arena is going to be fantastic 
is because it's smaller, because those fans are right on top of you. And yeah, a lot of people commenting, boy, you could trip in the second deck and land on the free throw line. Yes, be careful, the elderly walking down the steps. But that's what's going to make this great. I just, I can't believe that people are bashing uh, an intimate, more kind of, I don't know, old school style arena in that sense, where the fans are on top of you. This is a great atmosphere. Why do we care if it's 7,500 or 9,000? That I just don't get. And I'll tell you who actually is really into the arena. The most passionate fan bases about the Foster Pavilion are Baylor and the University of Oklahoma. Bunch of Sooners last night on all forms of social media were like, why can't we have an arena like this? You know, they have one that's fairly similar to the Farrell Center, obviously a little bit bigger, OU's a little bit bigger, um, that they can't sell out. And it's boring. It's it's a long way from the court. And they are like, why can't we have something like this? Auburn did it a couple, I mean, it's about 10 or 12 years ago now, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, with their arena. It wasn't as big, but it was state of the art. And it was, it had, it was a friendlier confines. It was more intimate. And that has worked out huge for them, by the way, of turning around that program that got to a final four a couple of years ago and has a tremendous coach there in, in Bruce Pearl. So Oklahoma wants this kind of arena. And yet I've got, you know, Oklahoma State fans and Indiana fans and, and you know, UT fans saying, oh, what high school plays here? Come on. And by the way, some Baylor fans still too. Guys, this is... This place is as good as it gets for us. It really is. I mean, this is fantastic. Who are we kidding by putting out a 10 or 12,000 seat arena? We're not kidding anybody. And you know what? In not, I was going to say five years, in a year or two, nobody will care about the attendance. Nobody. In fact, the only people that will will be Baylor fans trying to buy tickets because it's going to be more exclusive, which, you know, I mean, double edged sword there. But other fans, are not going to be saying that anymore. You know what they're going to be saying? Boy, golly, that is a tough place to play. That is a to play in. And that's what all we can hope for. And that's what this place is going to be. And I can't wait to go to more games in there. I, we got one next week. Ben taking on BYU. I believe that's Tuesday. I should have double-checked that. I believe that's Tuesday, the 9th, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, so we'll be back with some previews for that at the beginning of next week, tomorrow's show. We're going to talk a little transfer portal again, talk a little football again, because we got some visits coming in this week for the Baylor Bears. And so we're going to go over that and and some departures that we haven't talked about yet, mainly at the tight end position. Uh, but let me know what you think about, first off, the capacity. I know we talked a little bit about that yesterday, but let me know what you think if you're one of those naysayers. Why? Why? Why do you have to put a damper on any, everything? 
And tell me what you think about our great coach, Nikki Collin, and how far this women's basketball team can go. Leave a comment down in the comment section below. Any comment helps. Even if it's about how much you hate me, I'll take it. It helps the algorithm. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe as well. That really helps too. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Remember, it is your first listen today and every day, and we thank you for that. It's the only place giving you nothing but Baylor Athletics content five days a week that's not coming straight from the university. So we'll be right back here with you tomorrow on Locked on Baylor.